You're now listening to the Fantasy Filler Podcast. Where we put you in the driver's seat every week, all year long. In the NASCAR racing world, from top news stories, latest results, and best fantasy lineups, we'll have you up to speed and out in front before the drop of the green flag. So let's dive in with our host, Vanilla Wafers. Will the weather be nice to us here this weekend? More than likely not, but regardless, NASCAR now makes the return to New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the Crayon 301. We will be talking about our top fantasy picks as well as some news stories that popped up here in the most recent days. That and more on today's episode of the Fantasy Filler Podcast. Yep, I am back and I feel so much better, guys. To everyone who messaged me, thank you guys so much. I really appreciate that love and support. It it was just... A really bad beginning of the week. Literally, when I got the news, it was right before I was going to start recording. Like, I'm like, all right, let's record. And I get that phone call. Yeah, this is done. Beep. It's like, how in the world do you do an episode after that? But don't worry, guys. I feel a lot better. And I am really excited to get this episode started for you guys. Because we are now moving on to New Hampshire Motor Speedway. A racetrack that could be kind of a wild card, even though it is just a one-mile racetrack. The reason why I say that is because there are some drivers who are outside of the top 16 that could potentially get the surprise victory here. As I feel like there's some drivers inside the top 16 that look like better options, there still could be those wild cards here and there that could really shake things up. So I'm really excited about this race. That and also, this is probably one of the most stacked entry lists that I have ever seen for a stock car race here in the Cup Series. I I really do mean that because I'm looking at the drivers right now on the entry list and everybody has been a Cup Series driver for multiple years, minus Noah Gregson and Ty Gibbs, both of them championship contenders down in the X-Fandy Series, because Rick Ware Racing has Ryan Newman in the number 15 and Cole Custer in the number 51, a past driver for RFK, or not RFK, Roush Racing, as well as Richard Childress Racing and Team Penske, and then you got Cole Custer, the past driver for Stuart Haas Racing and that number 41 machine. Both these drivers will be running for Rick Rare Racing. The number 78 team, they will have BJ McLeod, and I know BJ McLeod gets a little bit of grief here and there, but he is still a quality racer, and he is one that is very wise around the racetrack. And then everyone else on the entry list are the same drivers we see all the time. All of them at one point winners here inside of NASCAR's top three divisions. So this should be a really, really exciting race. I can't wait to see what unfolds here this weekend because at the very least, we got ourselves a stacked entry list. But we also have, unfortunately, weather in the area. Now, why am I not being more negative about this? Well, the good news is with the weather package that we have here for the short tracks new hampshire is one of them so if we have rain at least we have that package the only thing i'm a little worried about is they also said there will be thunderstorms and we know how thunderstorms work here in racing once a lightning storm hits within an eight mile radius we unfortunately got to stop the race for 30 minutes so i'm hoping that those lightning storms stay far away from the racetrack although knowing our luck probably going to stick around, but more than likely it will rain on Sunday. So that will bring a very interesting race here at New Hampshire that will not be a duplication of what we saw a few years back with Martin Trex Jr. and Kyle Busch when they were leading the race. No, we'll probably see more chaos as far as rain goes, but it's actually going to be on rain tires rather than slick tires. So 
This should be a very interesting one, and if it's not, at least it's a shorter race, but I think with just that rain, it's going to be exciting nonetheless. Also this week, we just got started with the SRX series as they have made their return once again, and multiple cup drivers are running in those events, and we just had our most recent SRX race, which is the inaugural race of the season at Stafford Speedway, and Denny Hamlin, making his debut here in the SRX series, was able to get a victory. Now, that's not much of a surprise. I mean, NASCAR's top drivers are in the Cup Series, so when you see Cup Series drivers running these other series, they're bound to be top contenders, and Denny Hamlin was was a great contender in that race, and he was able to get the victory. A lot of people said if the race was just a little bit longer, maybe Ryan Newman would have been the surprise winner of that race. Either way, though, it's great to see SRX Racing getting so much publicity, getting other drivers from other series that are currently running full-time schedules competing in selected races. I, I think it's absolutely great. It's a lot of fun. At least you have those eight full-time drivers, so they have a championship uh, point system to run under for those eight drivers. But I I'm really happy a lot of these cup drivers are giving this um, series a chance. I'm hoping in the future... We could see this series become either a 16-car series or a 24-car series. Because I think here soon, it's getting so much popularity that that might happen. Moved on over to ESPN. Alan Beskwick is their top announcer and will probably stay as their permanent announcer as long as the series continues. And you got some top quality drivers running each one of these races. Obviously, Tony Stewart, who is a co-owner. You now have Haley Deegan running full-time. You have Tony Kanan and Helio Castroneves. They're running part-time schedules. You're getting some of these Cup Series drivers like Austin Dillon, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, just to name a few. I know there's a few more um, somewhere around here at the top of my head. I'm just trying to remember them. Paul Tracy, a longtime runner in the IndyCar series. He also runs in this series full-time. Marco Andretti, he's a past IndyCar driver. It's just a great series, and I really enjoy it, and it's definitely for the fans. You can feel that, and I, I love it. I really do, and I'm hoping that the next few weeks it brings the same excitement. They're coming back to Stafford Speedway once again because there's a flooding issue going on at the next racetrack, which I think is Thunder Road Speedway, something like that. So they'll be racing at the same racetrack again. They'll add another car because they'll have full-time series driver Ryan Priest running in that event. Speaking of which, from one of those drivers there in the SRX series, we have Marco Andretti making rumors that he wants to run full-time in the NASCAR top three divisions. Whatever that series may be, he has not confirmed which series that is yet at this time, but he says he does not want to shy away from the fact that he could run full-time in one of these series. Now, I'm not against this in any shape or form. I know this is the old standard, oh, you know, these IndyCar drivers coming to the Cup Series and making asses out of themselves. That was back in the late 2000s when NASCAR was clearly its own thing. No car was similar to that. Now with the new adjustments to the race cars, as well as seeing people like Shane Van Gisbergen get the victory at the Chicago Street Course, a lot of people are thinking, you know what, these cars are a lot more similar to other cars that we've seen in other series, like the Supercar Series. Maybe in a way they're kind of like the open wheel cars. I know it's very, very, very little of a similarity, but there's still nonetheless way more than what we saw in the past. So if Marco Andretti is able to hop into one of these cars and run full time and get himself decent runs, I'll be more than happy to see more IndyCar drivers or past IndyCar drivers give Cup Series a try. I was really hoping we'd see Castro Neves running the Daytona 500. Unfortunately, that fell through. I don't know why that fell through, but hopefully here in the future, he does get another opportunity because I think this is still really good for the sport, seeing these other drivers from other series. If you don't believe me, look at what happened for the Chicago Street Course race. It was one of the most watched events on NBC in six years for NASCAR. 
And whether or not it was just because it was a Chicago street course, something we've never seen, or it could have been Shane Van Gisbergen. Either way, change has been good for NASCAR, and they saw it right here. And maybe, just maybe, it could be the other drivers coming into the series. So, Marco Andretti, he's not ruling out a full-time move to NASCAR. Whatever that series may be, that is still left to be determined. This weekend, we only have two races here, as the Truck Series will be racing next week, not this week. So we will have the Xfinity Series and Cup Series this week. As Xfinity Series, they are also dealing with the problem of rain, as it looks like they were able to get practice done. Here are the top five after 20 minutes so far of practice. We got Sammy Smith as the fastest, followed by Cole Custer, Joe Graff Jr. in the number 19, Kaz Grawl in the 26, and Sheldon Creed in the number two. Their point system is definitely starting to get really close there for that final transfer spot as they don't have that many races left because a lot of people are talking about the truck series since that's coming up really close and the cup series as there's multiple drivers who can make it into those final two spots. But don't look shy away from the Xfinity series either. You still got a good battle going on, especially for that 12th and 13th position for Riley Herbst and Parker Kligerman as they only are separated by six points. And Sheldon Creed and Daniel Hamrick are not that far ahead. Hell, Sam Mayer, you can throw him in that mix. Those guys are all less than a full race ahead of the cut line. And Sam Mayer's only 46 points above the cut line, while Daniel Hamrick sits 41 and Sheldon Creed sits 26. So there could be an opportunity for one of these drivers to get the shocking win, whoever that may be. Uh, if it's Joe Graff Jr., that's going to be an absolute shocker because technically he is qualified to make it into the playoffs as he is still technically running a full-time schedule. So that should be interesting, a little bit of a worrisome fact for some of these drivers as he was the third fastest, although it's going to be really hard to beat Sammy Smith and Cole Custer. But you also have Kaz Grawla inside that mix. And the drivers who are currently on the outside looking in, like I said, Parker Kligerman six points behind, but you also got Brett Moffitt in the number 25. He's 53 points behind. Brandon Jones in the number nine machine. He's 81. He's almost in a must-win situation. And Ryan Sieg almost most definitely feels like a must-win situation as he sits 116 points behind. As this could definitely shake things up. It will be very interesting to see here as you got drivers who are sitting outside of the top 16 trying to make it into the 12-spot uh, playoffs here for the Xfinity Series. Who knows? Could be someone like Kaz Grala being able to make his way in. Could be someone like Joe Graff Jr. Both of them have ran 17 races, which has been the full schedule up to this point. So both can qualify. So seeing those numbers near the top could be a little worrisome here for the cutoff line. But I know what you guys are here for. You guys are here for your fantasy picks here this weekend. And it's going to be a bit of an interesting one. I will not lie about that just because the rain could be in the area. So I'm going to look at past results here from New Hampshire. Maybe a little bit of momentum here in the 2023 season. And then, I don't know if we can try. We're, we're going to try to see if we can get any comparisons as far as rain goes. I mean, you could look at it from the Chicago street course, who did great and who fell apart. But at the same time, that is a road course compared to New Hampshire, which is an oval track. Yeah, they're both flat, but at the same time, you know, <laughs> uh, New Hampshire, you're going to be eventually going 180 degrees around a turn, while that one, it was 90 degrees here, 90 degrees here, 45 degrees in one angle. It will be very interesting to see. But without further ado, let's dive into it. Let's dive in to our fancy picks here for this weekend at the Crayon 301. Mm -hmm. 
Alrighty guys, you know how this works. You have six drivers on your fantasy roster. Five will count towards your final points as you'll have one in the garage area that you can make trades in till the end of stage number two. And then you're also going to have some featured matchups, four to be exact. If you get those ones correctly, you'll be able to get 10 points added on to your team, which could be the difference maker from you finishing first to you finishing in about like the 15th position. So those are very important. We will first start off with our top picks, drivers we think are going to do good in fantasy, as well as running for the victory. I'll include one from each manufacturer even though I feel like one manufacturer will kind of struggle here this weekend but you never know I thought the same thing at Atlanta turned out Chevrolet got the victory I mean uh, who would have thought that but <laughs> it's just the weirdness that sometimes you just see from these races especially with uh, weather delay races there'll be some random driver who gets the victory it just so happened to be William Byron the driver who has the was tied for the most victories and he was uh, able to stay out even though he caused a caution in the middle of the race got the victory I loved it but I know a lot of people were kind of upset about it but anyways let's look at our top picks here for this weekend and I think the first one we're going to start off with will be from the Toyota camp I mean this one should be a no brainer just by his past success I feel like he's going to run really well in this race and that's going to be the number 20 of Christopher Bell Christopher Bell has been one of the more reliable picks for us in fantasy here this year as he's been the most consistent at getting top 10s and one of his best tracks has been New Hampshire it doesn't matter if it's in the cup series or the Xfinity series he's always been very dominant here at this racetrack the only race he kind of struggled here was his rookie season he had a bad qualifying position and he finished 28th now, one thing to really consider about that finish was his average running position was still 16th. So that means even though he had a rough finish, he was running way higher than the 16th position because you know how averages work. It takes the whole um, entire race on where you could be running on average. You could be in 8th place for a couple laps, and then you could be back at 32nd, and it would round out to about, let me do math in my head, uh, about the 20th position. So it kind of shows you he had himself a good run there even in his rookie season. I, I think Christopher Bell, he is a slam dunk. I, there's really no reason to shy away from him based on his consistency in the past. Yeah, the weather could be a little bit of a concern, but if that was the case, then he should have really struggled at the Chicago Street Course race. He struggled there near the end, but when he was up front, when it was at its wettest point, he, he was solid, really, really solid. So I trust Christopher Bell as a good number one pick here for this weekend. And in all honesty, for all those people in those leagues where they can only pick one driver per race, Christopher Bell might be the best option. But if you don't have Christopher Bell, maybe consider this next driver here. How about the number four of Kevin Harvick? Kevin Harvick has been killing us in Fantasy League here this year. The one race I do feel comfortable, no matter what the season may be, is either Phoenix or New Hampshire. And he's shown that in the past. He really has because let, let's look at the past couple years. They, they've been a struggle for him. They really have. In 2021, he finished sixth, led 66 laps with an average running position of fourth. In 2022, he, again, a season where he kind of struggled until he hit the summer stretch, he was able to finish fifth, his average running position being fifth. Fastest laps, he was able to have 34 of the fastest laps, while in 2021, he had 44 of the fastest laps. So it doesn't matter how bad of a season he might be having. It seems like New Hampshire is one of his favorite spots, and he should be a really close contender here in this race. I feel very confident in Kevin Harvick, even though he's been struggling quite a few races. Stuart Haas Racing seems to bounce back at this particular racetrack. It doesn't matter who's struggling um, with the team. It could be the whole entire organization, and you could have someone like Eric Amarola who's having himself a really rough season season. Sorry, that might have went through the microphone. Um, I accidentally touched a stereo speaker there. <laughs> but anyways, going back, it doesn't matter how bad Stuart Haas Racing is struggling in the season. New Hampshire has always been a good spot for them. 
And he has some teammates who we'll be talking about here in a bit who've had success in the past of this track. May not be in the same series, the Cup Series, but they've shown success in some of the lower series. So Kevin Harvick feels like he's a really good pick here for this weekend, even though he's been kind of struggling the last few races. Now let's, let's include a Chevrolet. This one's a little bit of a tough one because there's not really any Chevrolets that are really um, jumping out to me. However, if I had to pick one, I would pick the number five of Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson is usually pretty consistent at this racetrack as I'm not sure if he's going to be running for the victory. It seems like the team has really struggled the past few weeks. They might be just testing the waters, which is always a little bit of a worrisome thing, especially putting some drivers in uh, that you know are going to use all 10 picks on. But I feel like if anyone's going to lead the Bowtie Brigade, it'll be that number five team at this racetrack. The rain should be an interesting factor for Kyle Larson. The, this is already a track that he has had some success in the past. I don't think he's gotten a victory here yet, but a few solid second place finishes when he was with Chip Ganassi Racing. His average running position is usually inside the top eight. So I, I feel pretty confident in throwing Kyle Larson in as the top Chevrolet, although it's going to be hard for him to compete against the Toyota camp and Ford camp as we speak compared to past results. We'll see what happens in practice and qualifying, but still, if you're going to go with any Chevrolet here as a number one, number two pick, it should be the 2021 champion of Kyle Larson. Two more spots here as far as top picks go. Let's include some drivers that I really enjoy here this weekend that could be some sleepers that not many people are really thinking of. The number six of Brad Keselowski could be a top pick for a lot of people. I like Brad Keselowski as an option, especially when you look at his last four finishes here. Almost similar to Kevin Harvick, a 7th place finish last year, a 3rd place finish beforehand, a victory in 2020, and then a 10th place finish in 2019. Definitely some really good runs from Mr. Keselowski, the 2012 champion. Now, we've seen this year way stronger than last year as far as the performance goes for RFK Racing. And he was very, very close when it came to the Atlanta race. It got away from him. You know he's steaming from that because it was really out of his control. He, The weather came in, and he had to come in for fuel and tires. And it almost worked in his favor. Maybe if it lasted five laps a little bit longer, then it would have been a better run for him. But unfortunately, he just finishes inside the top 10 rather than getting a victory. You know he's going to bounce back here at this race. I, I feel it 100%. I'm putting him on my fantasy roster at the very minimum. He's going to be a number two pick. But I think he's going to be running for the victory. He's led plenty of laps here in the past, and he might do the same thing here once again here for this 2023 race. That number six of Brad Keselowski is definitely considered a top pick. And the last one here as far as top picks go, I like Martin Trex Jr. in the number 19. It was a toss-up between him and Denny Hamlin once again. I guess you could throw Denny Hamlin as a semi-top pick. I don't know. I only like picking one or the other. I never like to pick the both of them, and I have no reason why at all. But last year, he ran really, really good in this race, led 172 laps, finished um, in the fourth position, qualified on the pole. Then the year before, he qualified second. Unfortunately, did not really have a good run in that one. But minus that 2021 run, He's been able to finish 3rd, 6th, 4th, 5th, 3rd in the previous five races before 2021. Solid, solid runs by Martin Truex Jr. He's trying to make it to the top of the leaderboard as far as points go. He's right there in an intense battle with William Byron as well as Kyle Busch and some other drivers there in that mix. I think it's Ross Chastain and Ryan Blaney. I, I think those are the five drivers running up front. I, I could be wrong on that one, but still. Really good runs from here in the past for Martin Trex Jr. 
And I really don't see that one really shine away, especially after the great run he's been having so far right now. Uh, especially this season, getting able to get multiple victories, something he was not able to do in 2022. But even last year, still a really solid run where he led 172 laps. Martrex Jr. should be a great option for a lot to go with here this weekend. So those are the top picks here for New Hampshire Motor Speedway. We have the number 20 of Christopher Bell, the number 4 of Kevin Harvick, the number 5 of Kyle Larson, the number 6 of Brad Keselowski, and the number 19 of Martin Truex Jr. <laughs> Moving on now, we have our mid-tier picks. These are drivers that should be running around the top 10 and should be valuable drivers as far as the number 3, number 4, and even number 5 pick goes. Um, the drivers here are all drivers who have gotten victories already this year. Minus 1. Minus 1. And that's the first one we're going to be talking about. It's a driver that many of you are aware of. He's already missed a few races here this year. He just needs some good finishes here and there. And he usually has himself a really consistent performance when it comes to this type of racetrack. And that is Chase Elliott. Now, Chase Elliott, the performance has definitely been off this year. Ever since his return, it, it's just been slightly off. With that being said, this man has somehow, someway been trying to find a way to finish near the front, even when he does not have a top car. Now, he could have a top car in this race as this team runs really well at this racetrack. As his last three qualifying positions has been second, third, and third with his average running position being 11th or better and has led nine or more laps in each one of the last three races. Those are not bad results. Not bad results there at all. And last year he was able to finish second, lead 13 laps, average running position fifth. Really good performance. I am taking into account that this year he has fallen off a little bit in speed. There's no doubt about that. With that being said, it's still a track that he has seen some success in the past. And if I feel like he runs really good in practice and qualifying, or I feel like Kyle Larson's going to be running really, really well in that number five machine, I feel like Chase Elliott will be the second best machine. I know a lot of people are saying, no, William Byron, William Byron. But William Byron's never gotten a top 10 here at New Hampshire, believe it or not. Never once has gotten a top 10. He's finished 11th a couple times, but not a top 10 here in the Cup Series. I feel more comfortable with Chase Elliott than I do someone like Alex Bowman or William Byron. As I know, we've used them up pretty good here during the summer stretch. However, if you want a more consistent racetrack, if you're still trying to, if you're still a little wishy-washy on which races you want to go with him in, he has shown consistency here in the past, and I do believe he's going to be a viable option for a lot here as a number three, number four pick. Next up, we have another Chevy. Let's include the number one of Ross Chastain. Very consistent runs here in that number one machine with um, eighth place finishes in both 2022 and 2021. Uh, Trackhouse Racing definitely has a lot of good momentum right now. Came so close to winning the Atlanta race with Daniel Suarez. It's very unfortunate for him that uh, they called the race as quickly as they did or they were not able to go back to green flag racing because he was right there in that mix. With that being said, Ross Chastain is having a lot of good momentum ever since his victory at Nashville. He, he, he needs some more solid finishes, definitely for sure, because he's right there in that mix trying to be at the top of the leaderboard as far as points go. And a race that we've seen him when he's in good equipment can show some consistent results is something I want to rely on. I would totally rely on that a lot more than a driver who may do good in the rain, maybe not. And Ross Chastain, even though his qualifying positions have been a little bit lackluster here at this racetrack, the important thing is he shines when he needs to, and that is at the final result. I don't expect him to be competing with the leaders, 
but I see him running around inside the top 10, and if I'm looking for a solid number four pick, I think Ross Chastain is a good option to go with. That or the number 22 of Joey Logano. Joey Logano still one of those risky factors. Doesn't matter what track it is, he's been risque, oh so risque. However, with that being said, in the last six races, he has been able to finish inside the top 10 in five of them. And he's been able to finish in the top five in two of them. The one he was not able to finish inside the top 10 was the most recent run here where he finished 24th. Now, his run here in this race was still very solid as his average running position was six. So basically running up front for the entire race except there at the very end. Yeah, so it's a little bit worrisome. I mean, Joey Logano can be a risk factor all the time, especially at super speedways. But you know what? I feel a little bit more comfortable putting him on this race rather than some other races because we can definitely tell something's off with Team Penske as far as performance goes. I mean, especially at road courses, they've been really struggling there, uh, especially with the likes of like Austin Cindric. I can't believe Austin Cindric's been struggling the way he has been. But there's some racetracks where they do show some shiny moments like Ryan Blaney over at the Coca-Cola 600. I mean, Joey Logano was able to get the win at Atlanta. And I feel like Joey Logano could have himself a pretty decent run here. Again, I don't think he's going to be running for the victory. But if you want to rely on him as a number three, number four pick, similar to Ross Chastain, I think he'll be able to provide that here in that number 22 machine. Two more picks to go with. Why don't we um, really just throw away exactly what I said and let's include another Team Penske car. Let's talk about the number 12 of Ryan Blaney as he has been, at the most part, inside the top 10 here at this racetrack. 2021 was his best performance as he was able to finish 5th, lead 64 laps, and have an average running position of 4th. Um, he had himself a pretty good run in 2019 as well, as I feel like his 2021 um, performance was a little bit better than his 2019 performance. With that being said, still, a couple of top five finishes here in some most recent races, and then there's some other races where he's finished outside the top 15, so there is a little bit of risk there. This one will be a part of the situation where how, how much do you trust Team Penske? How much do you trust Team Penske, and who do you think it's going to be the main man of the show? Is it going to be... Uh, Joey Logano or Ryan Blaney? I don't think it's going to be Austin Sendrick. We've, we've seen it this year that he is definitely the weakest out of the bunch. But you're going to have to make that decision. Right now, it looks like Joey Logano has the edge. But if you think all of Penske's going to do good, then throw Ryan Blaney in that mix as well. I, I see him more as a number four, number five pick for a lot of fantasy leagues. But still, if he's able to finish inside the top seven like he's done in half the races in the last six years then that will be a very, very good pick as far as your fifth pick goes. One more spot left. Why don't we include a Toyota? Let's throw in an interesting one here. Let's throw in Tyler Reddick in the number 45. Tyler Reddick has been definitely a driver who's been all over the place the last couple of weeks. Really good cars, but very poor finishes. That's the best way to describe Tyler Reddick right now. And that's a concern. That puts him more as a gambling pick. Now, with that being said, he's had some success here in the past with some solid um, top 10 performances. Uh, unfortunately, his most recent run here was in tw was a 21st place finish and an average running position of 18th. So that's a little bit worrisome. But at the same time, that was him with RCR. Now, if we look at the Toyota group, uh, they've had really good runs here in New Hampshire almost all the time. They really do. And if you don't believe me that it does not only um, apply to Joe Gibbs Racing, look at Bubba Wallace last year. Had himself a really good run as he was able to finish third. I still feel like Tyler Reddick is still the stronger car out of the two. 
So that's why I'm putting him in the mid-tier pick. We'll talk about Bubba Wallace here in a second. Spoiler for the gambles. But Tyler Reddick should be able to have himself a good bounce-back race. He needs a good bounce-back race, especially after the last two uh, or two or so races, it's been kind of a little bit lackluster for the number 45 as far as finishes go. But the speed is there. He just has to execute. And believe me, that number 45 team can execute when given the right opportunities. So those are the five drivers here in the mid-tier list. We have the number nine of Chase Elliott, the number one of Ross Chastain, the number 22 of Joey Logano, the number 12 of Ryan Blaney, and the number 45 of Tyler Reddick. Now it is time for the gamble picks. Now, usually for the gamble picks, I usually have some drivers who will just have a racetrack that shines out of the blue. They really do. And it's like, okay, this is going to be the one of the, probably the three times in the regular season that we're going to go with. This gamble list, I'm not going to lie, except for one or two drivers, we're mostly relying on the overall team's performance. And uh, that's a little bit of a bummer. It is. But I'm looking at the past few results or for a lot of these drivers. And if you do not do good at this racetrack for one or two times in the last seven years, then you you just are not a viable option. There are just some drivers who have never been able to crack solid finishes uh, in the most recent runs here. And I don't know what it could be. It could be just continual bad luck. It could be just this is not their type of racetrack. But there's not really a many options after like your 11th or 12th um, driver here in the Cup Series when it comes to New Hampshire. It's usually those 12 drivers are the ones that are competing for the top 10. Everyone else is just there. And I found that very, very fascinating. With that being said, there's still some good drivers to take a gamble on. Let's include first the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Now, he would not be considered a viable option if we did not count last year's race because his average finishing position at New Hampshire was 23rd. And that's usually where he ran around the entire race, not gaining any positions, just 23rd was always where he ran. Now, now what happened in the last couple of years? I don't know. Actually, not even the last couple of years. What happened last year? I think maybe just in the next-gen car, they were just a little bit more solid when it came to a shorter track because he was able to qualify fourth, average running position sixth, finished third. Very good run for Bubba Wallace. And I think for that, he does deserve a spot on the gamble side because if I think Tyler Reddick's going to do good, then Bubba Wallace, even though they're not the exact same car, I know they're teammates, but they're not going to run exactly the same. I get that. He still has shown success in the past. And I don't think he's going to be too far off of Tyler Reddick. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in practice and qualifying. Right now, I still give the edge to Tyler Reddick. But Bubba Wallace, is based on that pass finish, could have the edge as well. Either way, keep him in the garage area. If he does show speed in practice and qualifying, that might be a really good option that a lot of people are not thinking about at all. Especially due to his finishes before 2022, where his average running position was 23rd. Next up, we have another driver here that could be the result of the team running really well rather than just him just really shine at this racetrack. And that's the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Eric Amarola really let us down last year here at New Hampshire where he finished 31st. He did have a good qualifying spot. He, he was able to qualify 7th. But as we saw, especially in the Atlanta race, that doesn't usually mean that he's going to have a solid finish. Because, yes, Eric Amarola led quite a few laps at the beginning, but then he fell apart there near the end, and he was never able to bounce back. So, this is mostly just due to the fact that Stuart Haas Racing as a whole has done pretty well here, 
at New Hampshire. Now, if it shows any signs of the, of what it's been like throughout the 2023 season, don't throw Eric Amarola in at all. Just rely on Kevin Harvick because Kevin Harvick's the only one making any moves right now with Stuart Haas Racing. Everyone else has been struggling. But if we see this team overall running really well, then rely with Eric Amarola and make him a gamble pick because he has gotten a victory here before in the past where he was able able to lead 25 laps and finish first. So that's why Eric Amarola is here as a gamble pick. But other than that, I don't know. We're going to have to really see how Stuart Haas Racing goes throughout the weekend if, if we even see them out on the racetrack because... Like I said, we have weather throughout all this weekend, so maybe we'll just have to just pray there on Sunday's race that he just runs good. Next up, again, another one that has multiple teammates up in the mid-tier list. Let's talk about Austin Sendrick. Austin Sendrick is definitely going to be the weakest option out of the bunch for Team Penske, but with a 13th place finish last year and some decent runs down the Xfinity Series, he's still worth taking a look at as a gamble. This is only going to be solely if you see Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney running really good. There is a good chance that both of them could be running really good here in this race, and it could bleed on over to the number two, but he's similar with Eric Amarola. Watch the team as a whole in qualifying and practice if they have any, if you want to rely on him. If I don't see any practice or qualifying or any signs of a decent finish out of Austin Cindric, I'm staying away from him at the most he's a garage pick right now uh, but he is a very risky garage pick but still worth a look at if we feel like team Penske can put everything together here at New Hampshire now let's look at a driver who does not have any teammates here in the top picks and is indeed a gamble pick and I think a good gamble pick here for this weekend will be the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger I think AJ Allmendinger could have himself a solid run here in this race especially being right there trying to make it into the top 16 in points he's been in that mix here the last few races which has been really cool to see and I'm thinking this is what I'm thinking in my head New Hampshire kind of a little bit of that road course feel not too many banks or corners, and it's mostly flat, kind of similar to Martinsville. Of course, this racetrack is a little bit faster and not the same way, but still shows those likes way more than like a mile and a half track or a super speedway. Also, we have rain coming into the area. Not many of these drivers have experience in that, but we know AJ Allmendinger has experience in that in the past, as he may not be the top performer in rain. He has shown in the past that he could run really decently inside rain. Now, this is not a guarantee that these guys will be running in the rain through this weekend, because like I said, there is a lightning storm concern also on Sunday. But with that being said, and also some okay finishes inside the past, I think AJ Allmendinger could be worth a spot as a gamble pick. Uh, keep an eye on him as far as he does in the first or second stages. And if he's not anywhere inside the top 15, then you keep him in the garage area. But I don't know. I, I see good things coming out of that number 16 machine, especially with them in the spot that they are in, trying to make it into the top 16 in points. Because we all thought he was going to make it in on, on a victory at a road course. But he's proven us wrong, that he could make it in as far as points go. Very consistent year so far. May not be as strong as the X-Fanity series that we've seen the past few years, but still doing a lot better than what Justin Haley has been able to do inside that number 31. Last spot here in the Take a Gamble category. Um, let's look at some drivers who have missed the cut so far. Uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has really fallen off here lately. I, I, I'm not trusting him too much anymore. 
Justin Haley has only one top 20 finish here in the Cup Series at New Hampshire, not liking him. Chris Buescher has been mostly finishing outside the top 20 than he has been finishing inside the top 20 when it comes to New Hampshire. Don't like it. Eric Jones and that team has been struggling, so don't even look at Noah Gregson either. Alex Bowman, only one top 10 in the last eight years. Don't really like that at all. Michael McDowell, yes, he's having some good runs here and there, but here at New Hampshire is when he tends to struggle. Harrison Burton, nothing's really coming up for him right now. Rick Rare Racing doesn't really have the speed. Uh, doesn't look like Spire Motorsports has speed for this race, as well as Live Fast Motorsports. So if I had to pick a driver, I'm going to pick another driver from one of the top teams that we have seen so far, and I'm going to give it to Ryan Priest. Now, it's just not solely to the fact that he's a teammate with Kevin Harvick and they've done good in the past, because I already gave that to Eric Amarola. I'm giving him this position because of his success in the Whelan Modified series. Now, why does that make any sense at all? Well, if you guys don't know what the Wheeling Modified series is, uh, one of their Daytona, their version of the Daytona 500 is their New Hampshire race. For some reason, this race runs like a super speedway for those cars. It's very fascinating to watch. If you get the opportunity ever to watch the Wheeling Modified series here at New Hampshire, maybe there's an old video on YouTube. Watch it. It is very, very damn interesting. A good driver here at this racetrack is Ryan Priest. And I'm thinking at this point, if he has any shot to make it into the top 16 in points or make it into the playoffs, this is his best option. He's going for broke here in this race. I really feel that. And I'm hoping that that number 41 team runs well. And we know they have speed. We know Brian Priest can run well in this car. I don't know what has happened, but remember at the beginning of the year, he was one of the top contenders in the LA Clash. It felt like that was forever ago. But those kind of tracks that are especially um, to the liking of Whelan Modified Cars, he's been able to do good at. I think Martinsville was a little bit of a wash for him. I'm not sure exactly what happened in that race. But I feel like if there's a race that he is going to be head and shoulders of his entire season so far, it will be here at New Hampshire. I, I don't see Ryan Priest struggling in this race. This is just a track that he's had so much success at in the past. Uh, you, if Stuart Haas Racing is running really good, Yes, I like Eric Amarola based on his win, but I also like Ryan Priest because of so much success he has seen here in the past in the much lower series. So those are the five drivers to take a gamble on. Very interesting picks here. You're definitely going to have more reliability as looking at the team as a whole besides individual drivers when it comes to this gamble category. But they still could be surprising picks and some could surprise us for sure. And that is the number 23 of Bubba Wallace the number 10 of Eric Amarola, the number 2 of Austin Sindrick, the number 16 of A.J. Allmendinger, and then the number 41 of Ryan Priest. Alrighty, guys, now we're going to wrap it up with the section that I always struggle at with you guys, and that will be the featured matchups. Will I finally get all four right? This reporter says... Highly unlikely, but I'm still going to try my best. We got four featured matchups here, like I said. If you get these correctly, that's 10 extra points towards your fantasy league. You got some good matchups here. It should be very interesting to see what happens, as I will more than likely get these ones wrong, but I'll still try my best to get them right for you. The first matchup we have here is the number 24 of William Byron going up against his teammate, the number 9 of Chase Elliott. Now, as I said in past results, William Byron's never gotten a top 10 here. With that being said, it's really hard to count out the driver with the most victories of the season. I still am leaning more towards Chase Elliott just because of his consistency at this racetrack. I think it will be a little bit off, 
but a little bit off will still be in the top 10 compared to something that William Byron struggles to get here. So I, I can't believe I'm doing this against my own driver, but I am going with the number nine of Chase Elliott. Second matchup here, we have the number eight of Kyle Busch going up against the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Now, Kyle Busch has seen um, some minor success here in the past. I think here recently he's kind of struggled, but Denny Hamlin has been a very consistent driver. Uh, if you think Martin Trex Jr. is going to run well here, then Denny Hamlin will be in that mix. They're kind of almost side by side. And based on the last eight years here, he's had a 13th place or better finish. This is kind of like one of those racetracks where he always typically shines. I almost said home track. That would have been stupid of me because Richmond is more of his home track. But still, Denny Hamlin has had some good success here, while Kyle Busch has struggled recently. He really has. In 2021, he finished 37th due to um, some interesting reasons. That was the rain race. And then in 2020, he finished 38th in that one as well. Both average running positions at 36. Now, when he has good equipment, he's ran near the front. Led quite a few laps, um, sometimes in the triple digits. Uh, we're just wondering where they are sitting right now as far as performance goes. I think in the first half of the race, it will be Denny Hamlin. Second half, Kyle Busch should be the stronger one. So this one could be a bit of a toss-up, excuse me. But since I have seen rain in the past really affect Kyle Busch, I will throw Denny Hamlin into that mix. So I'm going to say Denny Hamlin. Why? Because I can. So Denny Hamlin is my pick for the second matchup. Third matchup we have here is Ross Chastain, the number one, going up against number 22 of Joey Logano. This one's a tough one. This one really is a tough one. Gosh dang. This one I'm going to bite my tongue on. Until I see something in practice and qualifying, I, I want to see some. I want to see if Team Penske has anything here for this race. Because if they do, then I'm leaning towards more Joey Logano. But if we don't, I might go with Ross Chastain. I mean, Trackhouse Racing has shown some decent finishes here in the past. They've gotten top tens with Ross Chastain. They've gotten top tens with Daniel Suarez. Uh, how about this? If it rains out and we have no practice or qualifying, I'm going with Ross Chastain. But if practice and qualifying shows Joey Logano in front of him in any of those, either of those, I'll pick Joey Logano. So that one's still kind of in the air right now. Now, last one we have here is the number 45 of Tyler Reddick going up against the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. I think Martin Trex Jr. is the better option here. I don't really see him struggling here in this race. So I will go with Martin Trex Jr. over Tyler Reddick. Of course, with those for sure picks are the ones I usually get wrong. So I I'm just killing everybody right now. I know I am. Uh, everyone's like, please, just give us an exact answer. I'm giving you my exact answer. I'm just letting you know I am wrong most of the time. So take that as you will. But I will lean towards more Martin Trex Jr. Looking at the numbers and looking at the overall season, looking at everything, Martin Trex Jr. should do better. Unless something crazy happens, which it always does, you go with Tyler Reddick. That's all I'm saying. Feature matchups over. So those are our four featured matchups here. Sorry, went on a tangent. We got... The number nine of Chase Elliott over William Byron. I got Denny Hamlin over the number eight of Kyle Busch. It's still a toss-up with me with the third one. As of right now, I will lean towards more Ross Chastain if we don't see practice. If we do see practice with Joey Logano being slightly better, I'll go with him. And in the final spot, I got Martin Trex Jr. over the number 45 of Tyler Reddick. And those were our fantasy picks here for this weekend at New Hampshire Motor Speedway for the Crayon 301. <laughs> And that will conclude our fantasy picks here for today's episode. Guys, thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, it, it's been a good episode for me. I, I felt really comfortable. I, it feels like kind of the good old-fashioned just me just throwing whatever I have on in front of my mind out onto the microphone. And those are really good episodes. I know we haven't had guests here in a while. I think I'm going to invite a guest here in the near future, maybe even as early as the Pocono race. Maybe we can get the Motorsports Minister or maybe someone like Dalton Good back on the episode. I, I feel like those guys do bring a lot of um, entertaining perspectives here to this, more than just me just saying the same things over and over, I feel like. So maybe we'll have a guest here, but honestly, guys, I'm really glad to be back in the rhythm uh, this weekend or the beginning of the week, like I said, was rough. But I don't know who I'm saying this for. Uh, if the, I don't know if who's ever listening out there. But always remember, if you're having a bad day, there's nothing wrong with having bad days. We all have them. And you need to take time for yourself. Really just think about um, what's all going on. Put your mind at ease because we're all human. We all go through the same emotions. And everyone has bad days, like I said. It's just you got to work on yourself from time to time. And I may have sounded like I was in really rough shape earlier um, this week, but I took a lot of that time to focus on myself, and I think that's what made me feel so much better so quickly. Everyone goes through tough events. Some people go through way tougher events more than others. But at all times, doesn't matter what it is, take some time for yourself because the most important thing that you'll ever have in this life is you. And you always want to make sure that you give your time, you give yourself that time to heal whatever it may be. So there's my little bit of motivation. Um, some people told me that this week, and you guys know who you are. So thank you guys so much for reaching out to me and saying the kind words that you did, because because that definitely helped me out as well. And if you guys are going through some of the same things, I'm 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 hoping for the best. And always remember, you got to focus on you. Um, one point in a while, no matter what's going on in life, you got to make that extra focus for yourself. So uh, if you do want to follow me on social media, you can do so on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, follow me at Vanilla Wafers on Instagram. It ends with 33. A lot of the TikTok videos there, some photos from time to time whenever I'm out at the racetrack. Give that a check out as we have passed 150 followers. So big uh, growth already there for very little time. I know people think 150, your other stuff has thousands. Well, it's not even been up for more than two months. I think it's only been two months exactly. And we're already at 150 followers and I haven't really been sharing it on any other social media platforms rather than here on the podcast. So I know most of you guys have followed on there, which is awesome of you guys to do so. But there's still a lot of good traction on there. All NASCAR related, all a lot of fun stuff there. TikTok, it's all NASCAR related trivia. Sometimes I make custom diecast cars. Sometimes I'm losing my mind trying to find Mario Andretti, or I'm just doing some random shenanigans. Either way, it's all NASCAR related. If you want to follow me on there, that's at Vanilla Wafers 44. Most recent YouTube video I put out was the evolution of safety with the walls uh, at the NASCAR racetracks, all the way from the very beginning when we really had no walls at all, to what we see today with the safer barriers and the cat's fence and all the important uh, uh, modifications we made to safety. If that's something that interests you, go check it out on my YouTube uh, channel. That's at Vanilla Wafers. I don't think I have any numbers on there, so I know they did this little tag thing like the three numbers at the end if you're looking for that that's 176 but just look up at vanilla wafers just 
go buy like one or two cookie sponsors. You you might know which company that is and you'll be able to find me giving the good old thumbs up. And then lastly, if you ever have any questions or you want to talk to me directly, Twitter is usually the best spot. I don't post too much there, but I usually try to share my opinions with you guys on there and you guys usually um, talk to me on there, which is great. So that is at VanillaWafers44 as well. Make sure to check me out there. Give me a follow. And if you want to talk to me during race day, that is where usually I am at. But that will conclude today's episode, guys. I have been your host, Vanilla Wafers, and I have been able to take you to the front of the field. So why don't we grab that checkered flag, do some burnouts, and head on out. So you all take care. This has been the Fantasy Filler Podcast.